we're getting these students excited to come back to school. We're going to bring in technology for you. We're bringing media. We're bringing everything, not just baking. Eventually, they all still want to stay in school. They don't want to graduate yet. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to the Staff Lounge, a place to unwind, reflect, and connect with the faculty at Humber College in Toronto, Canada. In each episode, we'll be having casual chats, interviews, and tips from our teaching and learning support team. I'm your host, Sharantha Bedegay. I'm a saxophonist, composer, and faculty in the Bachelor of Music program. The focus of today's episode is interfaculty collaboration. We're going to be speaking to groups of faculty who engaged together outside of their core area of study and collaborated on products and projects that had extremely interesting pedagogical applications for their students. I had a wonderful chat with David Newman and Kenneth Koo, two faculty members here at Humber from very different departments who collaborated on a multi-year project which involved specific custom-made molds for chocolate making. And this was a fascinating project to hear. It is currently ongoing, and it has a really promising future, and I think you'll take a lot of inspiring words of wisdom and thoughts from this conversation that we had. Thank you so much both for being here on the Staff Lounge. It is great uh, to be with you and uh, to hear about this very exciting project um, that I know for both of you has been many, many years in the making. Uh, and in preparation for this episode, I've been uh, seeing and reading and watching some of the materials that have been sent and hearing about all these wonderful creations with 3D molds and chocolate Ferris wheels and all these delicious treats that I think just make me hungry. And I want to know all about how this relates um, to your curriculum and how this relates to your students. So uh, maybe I'll start with you, David. You want to tell, tell me a little bit about how this uh, collaboration began and, and what it entails? So the, the, the general collaboration really started almost seven years ago. And the idea of culinary arts and technology is nothing new. It's something that that culinary has been wanting to do for a very long time and has been exploring for a very long time. I think the uh, the exciting part is that technology is changing so rapidly, becoming more accessible so rapidly that at Humber, we've tried to figure out where does it make pragmatic sense? What's possible, what's practical and what's sustainable? So we looked at, so in the past seven years, over the course of those seven years, we've started with different uh, culinary arts professors looking at what is possible for the students to engage with, with technology. And, and what's most exciting is that since the pandemic, and actually just right before the pandemic, when we really started this project, some technologies aligned, the stars aligned, and certain technologies were more accessible, easier to use, so that we can have the students are more empowered to actually explore those technologies. And that's kind of where this project started, really from, from actual being in the classroom. Prior to that, it was more of an exploration to join a conversation around technology and culinary arts. Kenneth, from your perspective, can you tell us a little bit more about this collaboration and, and how things, uh, you know, how things are looking from that end? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say that it's it's a privilege to work at Humber College because why? You have one college that has everything in it. Like you have a department of like faculty media arts, you have applied tech, you have yourself music, you know, you have everything. Like as a student, why not come to the school? I mean, you get to explore everything, right? So that's what we want to do by having all these assets in one, in a college, we, we want to do these collaborations, right? Um, 
it's it's not it's not easy to get you know like David in on board or every every department board, but but having all these different um, departments helps a lot. And I didn't know about that until I met David. Um, you know, he told me he had three D printing machines. He had all these technology. Where how did it benefit us is because we buy our molds. Like example, we make chocolate. We we always purchase the stuff, so you know it costs a lot of money and. You know, in some ways, we know we. I didn't know that. Uh, you know, David had all this three D printing machine. They had mold making machines. You know, and we can customize things, right? And and that, that's the, that's how it all started. You know, by um, by actually seeing that every department can do these things. So the initial sort of attraction for you was was the was that the technology was making things accessible and economically. Perhaps there was an advantage in, in order yeah. to kind of make things in-house. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, maybe for both of you, could you tell me, you know, generally, what, what is the scope of the project that you uh, are embarking on as a, as a duo here with your students, and, and how does it relate to the classroom? So I'll let Kenneth start, because Kenneth, it's Kenneth's classroom, so I think it's <laughs> best for Kenneth to start to get to give a good sense of the scope. Okay, so, well, first, first of all, like, we have the course I'm – we're using these uh, technologies with uh, chocolate and confectionery. So we teach students how to use chocolate, make chocolate bars, make chocolate show pieces. Um, and by implementing Davis technology, like creating our own designs, um, it's, it's great. It's why it's one of a kind. We create things that no one has. That's why we're like an innovative leader in, in the industry, right? It's not like we buy, if we buy a mold from someone like a supplier, that same supplier is going to give it to other colleges. So what's the point? It's not unique. But by using like Davis technology, we can create our own design, brand it, and it'll be the only college that uses it. So like, you know, if people want to study how to make, say, a carousel or a Ferris wheel, then you got to come to Humber College, right? It's, it's unique. We're like we're creating unique brands that other colleges won't be able to access. And, uh, you know, we'll get a lot of students coming to register. And is that that's fascinating to me because so to some extent, some of your students would be attracted to your program as a result of the ability for them to do these unique creations. That's an actual marketing tool in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. I never would have considered that. That's very cool. That's yeah. very cool. Okay, so tell me more about this. I mean, how how does this process work? You're making these unique molds uh, for your classes, and David, is this where your expertise comes in? Well, kind of. So basically, for the past couple of years, um, I've sort of had a mandate through FMCA, through research, through CTL, T plus L, and CIL, um, looking at how can technology empower students uh, and give sort of a sort of self-empowerment and build curiosity and uh, sorry, spark curiosity and build uh, confidence for students in different areas that they could try it out. So a lot of stuff is kind of based off of the, the idea of maker movement, the idea of, of people being self-empowered to try things. And how do you bring that into the classroom? Because as, as Chef Koo said, Humber is amazing because we have access and we have so many different areas. And I've had the privilege of working with culinary arts all the way to funeral services on these areas, uh, right, which are very diverse, very, very different areas. Uh, and so for in this case, we looked at what type of technologies could we explore that would benefit students in, in, their, in their craft making, in the craft that they're doing. So in this case, 
I had the opportunity to look at things like vac forming and form making and 3D printing, which I've been fairly familiar with. Uh, and a lot of the technologies at the time, when I mentioned this has been going along for a long time, was very high end, very expensive, um, very sort of fragile technology that you couldn't really just let a student just kind of really engage with. But a couple of years ago, uh, I had the opportunity of going to CS, the Consumer, Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. And I've gone for a couple of years uh, in the past before the pandemic on behalf of Humber, looking at different technologies that we could use for students to empower learning and different types of learning in the classroom. And I had a, a really good conversation with Rudy uh, Fischbacher as well about the type of technology he was interested in his cluster. And the idea of students making uh, molds and using 3D printer for culinary arts was something that he was very interested in. And so through Carl Oliver, who was the associate dean in fact at the time, we were able to incorporate this really fairly low cost, uh, about five, $600 um, mold maker into the, into the classroom. And then we, we, uh, we invited Chef uh, Susan Joseph, as well as Chef uh, Kenneth here to just take a look at the technology. Uh, and then thankfully, and this is where I'm really thankful to, to Chef Ku, basically he's like, they like, let's try this. And so we were able to support them on the technology. We derived some prototyping, made some chocolate and then COVID hit, literally, yeah. literally COVID hit. It was literally, we had just bought it. We had done two workshops and boom, everything shut down. But obviously we knew we had something here where we're like, okay, this technology is interesting. Students could engage with it. And then from there, we started with a small proof of process. So we hired a culinary arts student, Megan Martinez, who's amazing. Uh, and she was working on some projects for us uh, last year and trying things out. And we're looking at, okay, what's possible? What does it look from the student perspective? How can the student engage with it? Uh, what also, what do they feel when they're doing this stuff? And what kind of learning can they incorporate? Uh, and one of the probably the most exciting pieces of learning that happened was um, we pushed it beyond what we thought was possible because uh, Megan actually started doing her own 3D models. So she's actually in three, as a culinary student, she's in 3D design software, making her models that she knows now that she can 3D print them, mold make them and, and move the process because she sees it's possible. So it goes back to the idea of sparking curiosity and then building confidence. And then like, what else can we do? And then literally we, we blew this thing up to making a, an entire cookie company, basically ooey gooey cookie company. So gooey cookie, com gooey, gooey cookie company uh, that we had branding. So we had a, a 2D design student as well as a 3D animation student. And we created packaging where you put your phone up to the packaging and the character dances on your, on your table. Uh, so, and so it, it all, and then we made real cookies and made cookie stamps. So it was basically taking an idea of, of we want to use a technology to empower students to try new things and, and ex explore what is possible. And then we kind of just kept building on that. And then the goal will be to now take all that learning, build it into a sustainable way that we can formally incorporate it into the classroom, with, with which is where the Ferris wheel comes in. Uh, and Chef, uh, Chef Ku will talk about that in a minute, uh, to see, okay, what also resources do we need to make sure that it's sustainable so that we can able, we're able to support the faculty in order to keep this going. Exactly. And another thing I want to add is uh, these are initiatives so good that some of these students who've seen the chocolate bar molds, they actually wanted to use it for their entrepreneur class. They have an entrepreneur class where they have to create things. So they kept asking me, Chef, can we use the mold making machine to create a whole bunch of molds for a price? I, I, yes, guys, I love to do it. But right now, it's we only have one machine. We'll try to get more. But I mean, I mean, the, the project has been going so good that a lot of people want to use it for their entrepreneurial class because they all students have to do a capstone, which is create their own business project. And everybody wanted to use that machine to create their own brand, their own brand. But I mean, at least we started somewhere and it looks really Megan Martinez, which is a student baking pastry art program. She did a really, really nice project with the cookie stamp. And she also, for her, she did her own packaging. She actually used a cricket cutter 
And I was surprised yesterday or the other day I met, I talked to her. She told me, chef, this is my cookie. This is my box. And I said, how'd you make this box? I use a cricket cutter. And then she showed me her app on the phone and she designed the whole app on her phone to use a cricket cutter to cut out the template and actually stick it together. It's just amazing. Like, um, right. So everything comes together. So it, it just doesn't it's just benefit. It benefits a lot of programs and a lot of courses within the college. And I know nothing about cricket cutters, but I know I saw one at Indigo the other day. So that tells you how accessible this technology is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, cricket, you, you see a cricket at Michael's, right? And then you never know. But it can do so much stuff. It's, uh -huh. it's amazing, right? And you can do it all on your app. You can download the app on your phone and just do the own, do the artwork on your phone. And it just and then just push print. It'll just print. It'll, it'll carve it out on cricket. The question that comes up in my mind is with the accessibility of this technology that's available and the way that students are now feeling empowered to use these technologies in ways that they haven't been able to before, where do the two of you come in as educators, you know, apart from facilitating the having those technologies available and, and doing the experimenting yourselves, where do you see yourselves in, in the student's role in, in the guidance process, perhaps, of getting to their, to their end result? Well, for us, it's just we give a lot of feedback, right? Hmm. When they design something, we give them feedback. Just like example, the cookie cutter, um, the 3D cookie stamp. Me and Megan, we had to try several times to, you know, we have to develop it, right? So as our, our, our role as professors, when the students test something out, like say a chocolate bar or a cookie dough, they need to practice cookie dough, stamp it on this. Does it work on a chocolate chip cookie dough? No. Does it work on a plain dough? Yes. So that's our role is to give feedback and you know see how it works, right? That's um, we're we're like basically we we give feedback to them and and see if it works or not and give advice. Yeah. And with this area, especially with the technology, or which with the, especially emerging technologies, I think one role that I find myself playing more is actually almost like a co-collaborator uh, and like a, a like a, a senior mentor. Uh, then, 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 then a professor where I'm, I'm basically, and as, as Chef Ku said, you're kind of collaborating with them. You're working on this stuff because sometimes you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. I think this is going to work, but yeah. we're going to try it out. And so you're kind of like their, their lead or their mentor, uh, and they're, the, and you're facilitating the conversation. So one way I think we're, we're that safety net where we can, the students can bounce ideas off us, especially in these emerging technologies and see, does this work? Does it not work? And we're actually kind of working together with them in a, in a collaboration. And the other way, I think it's it's us sort of shining a spotlight on the areas that they may not see. So for example, the idea of emerging technologies where we're looking at like the fact that we have this whole, this whole case that was built to show students that you can go every, you can start from literally a design on a 3D uh, model and go all the way to create the packaging and do all the custom stuff yourself if you're if you're so inclined to and we're going to show you that this is possible and I think a lot of students until they can see that and by having students be the ones leading that like Megan uh, and our student Paul and Hisu all the three students that built this whole sort of campaign together once students see that as, as Chef Ku said now all students like well I want to try that can I try that can I try that and, and again it's having the students be front and center uh, and their voice being heard front and center of these of these projects and that's kind of almost collaborating with them and saying yeah I, th I think this is possible yeah well let's try it and if it fails okay now we know like for example the whole idea was first from our designer uh was to actually do cookie dough uh and so we're like and again i was like well, i don't know i'm not <laughs> i don't know culinary arts we have to talk to the experts right so chef Ku came in and they tried some things like no it's not gonna work but Okay, so let's try something else. And so we were able to modify and, and build that. And, and then for us, it's now how do you scale that? And I think that's 
The next thing is, is one of uh, a question I'm sure you're going to ask next is how do you scale? Because right now we're, we're starting a small group of students uh, working with some work study students and some proof of process projects. How do you scale? And that's the next thing that we're working on is how do you scale that? Because again, we brought this into an entrepreneurship course and Megan actually presented to her classmates, which is probably one of my favorite um, projects, at least my favorite days of going on campus this year, was watching Megan teach her color arts um, um, uh, classmates of a blender, a 3D design program, which is just something that you just don't think of. But I'm like, but when you look at what we did, it makes complete sense. When you actually walk like, yeah, of course, if the student's so inclined to, here's some video tutorials, here's the blender software, which is free build it we have the uh, the technology the tools at campus let's do this that sounds it sounds very empowering and it sounds like from a practical setting that student or many others could use this in an op entrepreneurial sense to build their own business and their own brand and kind of customize everything to, to their own liking as they get familiar with these different elements of the the technologies and how they interact together am i right i mean that's that's a that seems like a laudable goal for a lot of students who see themselves as perhaps a, a sole proprietor or wanting to be a leader in in their own design making of of uh, of uh, of of these delicious confections that they're, they're cooking up exactly yeah and also it also for those students who have an idea um and then just want to try to prototype it they, they now know that there's a way of getting it out of your head and out into the world mm. without having to think like, well, how am I going to, how am I going to make this mold? Because again, as, as Chef Ku said, normally students have to buy the mold. They have to go and, and buy them. But I'm like, what about my own ideas? How could I do that? And I could express myself. So even, so obviously entrepreneurship is one of the huge areas, which is this really helps for, but just your own voice and your own, just like, I just want to try this. And, and those students who are, who are inclined to just you know, take a risk. And this is why education is so important. This is why post-secondary and what we do, especially applied post-secondary is so important, where giving students the space to actually try stuff uh, and explore a little bit and, and, and move beyond their comfort zone and say, well, well maybe this will be possible because those students like Megan, who's now been empowered to try this, I would argue that she's now going to take that learning and that feeling. And, and then next time she has a problem or she wants to try something, she's going to jump into it and say, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure this is possible. There's got to be a way of doing it. And then she's going to go in and do the next thing, like, like with the, uh, the cricket cutter, right. Yeah, Which yeah. is like, yeah, like, why not? Why can't we try this? Like it's, that's just first thing. Let's just Google it, right. Google yeah. it. Okay. It's possible. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. It also strikes me is that, that, that's a, a low fear approach to doing it, uh, the willingness to, to fail really as well as, as a result of being empowered to do it and saying, I'm going to try this and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, then okay, let's, uh, let's go back to the drawing board and try this again. And I'm hearing that from both of you as well, the willingness to jump in with, with, uh, you know, with both feet and go, this is what it is that, that I, I want to try. And, and, and if it doesn't work, then we'll try something else. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, 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 the things that comes up in a lot of these discussions about inter-faculty collaborations is a struggle that we all have in our own teaching practices and that there is a curriculum that we've designed in many cases to not be collaborative with people in other faculties and that there's so much baked in, if you'll pardon my co-opting of that phrase, to, to the curriculum that we've designed, that there isn't room in our heads for this other thing. So where does a project like this fit into the curriculum? And how did you make that fit with whatever you had beforehand? Um, well, me personally, like, everyone's used to the comfort zone, you know, come teach, go home. It, it's all in the individual, it's all in the faculty, right? Like, you know, for myself, I you know, like the David, we like to jump on different projects, right? So, I mean, to be successful, to be not successful, but 
you know, to keep to keep going, you gotta be out of your comfort zone. You know, you gotta see what opportunity. Keep going, keep going. So that that's that's what motivates me. You know, I guess the most difficult part of these collaboration is is time. You know, we have a full course load. Like you know, David, myself, we, you know, we got we have a full course load. So making that time is you know one of the toughest thing to do. But I mean, we can do it. You know, just about an hour, an hour, two hours a week, we can do it, right? You know, it's just it's all, it's all it's all just getting out of your comfort zone and just doing it. It's also, it is a risk for a lot of, and I've worked on, I've had the privilege of working on many, especially the past couple of years, many sort of collaboration projects with different faculties and different programs. And I think the key is always first start small. And this is why like last year, and with this project, we started with a holiday project, which was really simple, very easy. We just created this naughty or nice chocolate. And we said, okay, let's, let's just, let's just build this and see what's possible because bringing something into the curriculum and bring something into the classroom that hasn't been um, fully vetted properly or hasn't been fully flushed out is scary because what happens if it doesn't work? Now, a lot of times what, what we'll do is like, that's part of the process. So we're bringing this in and if things fail, that's part of why we're bringing this into the classroom because this is something that we wanna show you that we're gonna show you the process. So if it's something that you're showing you the process of and not the final result, bring it to the classroom when you're not, when there's a little more risk involved, isn't that big of a deal because that's why you're, that's the intention of it. You're showing them the process. And if the process fails, that's the learning. And then you show how you're going to do it farther. But if it were an end result project, it would need a little more finessing before we brought it into the classroom. And the second part about that also is, is having, and this is where Humber is getting much better, having the proper supports around the classroom, because with technology and especially with emerging technology, having support uh, around the classroom is really and and, and on-demand support is really important because things change things things are are, um, are always constantly shifting problems happen and having access to the right people to help like let's say for example we need something 3d printed really quickly because something broke whatever right having access to that is really important and making sure that those different um resources are in place is really important and we're starting to have that and that's why this project while it was also a classroom project was also meant to show highlight where do we have the resources already? What is the need for the resources? What areas are we lacking in? And then also how much do we have to dedicate moving forward? Because there's obviously a financial cost with like the molds. There's a cost with understanding with the 3D printing, uh, working with work study and so forth. So there's all these things, but in, in order to figure that out, you have to just do it. And that's where, and that's where I've always called them sort of proof of process projects. And they're very low risk. They're usually, I try to make them super fun. And like this one was amazingly fun project. Like in, in the next one where uh, afterwards, uh, Chef Ku came and said, let's do Ferris wheels. I'm like, yeah. okay. I'm like, I'm like yeah. I, no, I'm like, so, so and then, okay, well, so we're like, okay, let's figure this out. So we brought in that case, Chef Ku's like, okay, for the next one, for the one that we're really going to integrate fully into the classroom, we're going to build custom Ferris wheels. I'm like, fantastic let's figure it out so we've so we've actually brought in an industrial design student to help us building the actual molds whatever and we're prototyping it chef ku has a prototype right now we're in the next stages of that working with the Barrett center for technology innovation on the 3d printing of it and then that's how we've evolved it so we started with something really simple something that was low risk some of the more of a process that if it failed that's okay uh and then now we've we moved on to the next one which was uh, now with the, the AR VR stuff with augmented reality stuff uh, and the cookie stamps, which are a little more high tech and a little more sophisticated to now saying, we know we can do this. We're comfortable. We know we can actually incorporate this in the classroom. So now we're making basically like 20, 30, or actually almost hundred moles actually by the time we're done with all the different parts, but a, a multi-piece Ferris wheel that will all be put together by the students and made, which is, which is going to be fantastic. So that's yeah. the one we're working on now. And it, it started very much with low risk, and then figure out where is the support and building in that support 
around the classroom is so important because I, I find when I talk to faculty that have tried stuff and it's failed or they feel frustrated, it's because I think personally that they feel everything's on their shoulder for success. And you can't, if you're working in these, these emerging technology areas, you need support from all in different areas in order to make it successful. Because if it's all on your shoulders, it is really daunting and it's really scary to do that. But what we've been doing with these projects is showing that it's not all on you, that the, the success or failure of a project isn't dependent on you as the instructor that's trying to worry about your, your classroom and, and make sure everything's managed properly and then adding this risk onto it. It's not about that. And that's where having Chef Ku come along uh, and work on this project together, we're able to do that and, and able to sort of help along and, and help sort of also um, help sort of uh, execute his vision on things that he would like to try. And then also empowering him as well, building curiosity and, and empowering confidence. So that like, okay, let's do it. Let's do a fair spell. I'm like, okay, uh, let's, let's try it. So. Yes. Yeah. I mean, how it started, I told, I told David, let's do a fair spell. I sent him all these videos spec. He's like, whoa, like, and the first draft, because we have, we have to test these things. It's not just magic, just like that's going to come out. So the first draft, I tested it out pretty good, you know, but still need a little tweak. Right. But I mean, eventually it's, it's almost there. I mean, you're yeah. going to see it soon. Yeah. Um, the one thing is one thing I did was I showed the students the rough draft and I told them, you know, this year, okay, for, for my course this year, we're doing a carousel, right? And I told them next year, it's not going to be a carousel anymore. We're going to be doing a Ferris wheel. And they're like, Chef Coop, can I come to your class next year? But you graduated already. So I said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about it. So basically what, what these things we do is we're, you know, like we learn, like we're giving teasers, like, you know, we're, we're, we're getting these students excited to come back to school. Like, you know what? We're going to bring in technology for you. We're bringing media. We're bringing everything, not just baking. We're bringing everything. Like we're bringing a whole international like, like collaboration for your experience to study at, at Humber College, studying both programs. Like we have some students who graduated from media and creative arts who actually joined the baking program last year. We have three students who graduated who joined baking. And then now some of my, and last year I have some students who graduated from baking. They went to media. So basically, it, it does. It benefits everyone. Like you know, everyone's going to study in this department when they're done. You know, they want to. Eventually, they all still want to stay in school. They don't want to graduate yet. <laughs> so, well, I mean, what strikes me too as as a musician listening to this discussion is is just the idea of fostering a, a creativity as collaborative people and and as students and as people in the industry, whichever industry you're in. That's always going to be an important priority, especially now. And, and, and the idea of the end goal being supported by all these different moving parts that require, in many cases, people to work together from various disciplines that aren't technically close to each other, if you will, in terms of their training or background. Um, ultimately, that's what's required in, in so many of these folks in their working lives as well as, as it is for us as, as teachers. So I'm, I'm very inspired by hearing this. So my final question to both of you is, I think you've spoken to this already, but where do you see this collaboration headed? What's next for, for either of you as, as you kind of look to the future? Sure. I mean, for me, I think this it's, it's going to be big. Like, you know, once... Once we have, like, example after the after the Ferris wheel, the next probably thing is what's next? What's the next? What's the next amusement park ride do we want to do? I got nervous so, when he said it's going to be big. I, after like, the like, Ferris wheel, I got a little nervous. For a second. No, I mean, I mean, honestly, after the oh, yeah. fair, after the Ferris wheel, like, I want to do a roller coaster out of chocolate, right? I want to one exactly, yeah. <laughs> so you know, so it's not we. It's it's a move. Like you have to keep going, right? Like you know, 
just like an amusement park. You got a Ferris wheel, you got a, you know, got a carousel. What's next? We'll do a roller coaster, you know? It, it takes time, but, you know, eventually every year you'll do something new, new, new. And then people, like students from the outside, people are going to notice these things. You know what? We're the only college that's doing this. And it's, it's innovation. That's why I think Humber has been ranked second, right, for innovation in Canada, I believe. Right. Research, so, yeah. Research yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's why, because what you know, because of faculty like David, every everyone, right? We're we're collaborating. That's and that's overall, it's it's a team success. That's it. So for me, for me, the objective, especially of this project, is now the scalability and sustainability of it. So the idea being is that how do we, and, and we're working on that because we're looking at the actual metrics and how long things took to build and so forth, and we're looking at what resources are required. So we're looking at exactly how do we replicate this in a sustainable way. So it's, and also how do we replicate it so that we're able to have either myself or even Chef Ku removed and have other people brought in into the same sort of framework and have them succeed as well in this area. So this requires understanding what sort of support staff and so support we need in this area, what financial requirements there are, what timing, like for example, if he's gonna, if we're gonna make this roller coaster, obviously <laughs> we need to hire a 3D uh, um, or a 3D modeling student or industrial design work study student, which we can absolutely do and understanding what that timeline looks like. And then, and also then how do we push it forward where we get more people involved uh, in a sustainable way. And I think that's where I find a lot of interesting projects usually end up either failing or, or, or not being as successful as it could be is making sure that sustainability part is in there where we're saying, okay, how do we, how does the longevity keep moving forward? Because if it, if this all sits on the shoulders of Chef Ku, it, 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 it's, a, it's a tricky thing because again, he may change different things, things happen. But this this idea of, of 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 maker culture and technology and culinary arts is something that's bigger than myself and Chef Ku. And how do we then also bring other people involved and get them excited, not just the students, but then also other faculty? And I think it's that sustainability. And that's kind of why we've sort of built it this way, where we're like, okay, let's go back, look at how long it took, and then bring other people in on along for the ride, so to speak, along yeah, for the yeah. roller coaster ride. Apparently, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, all in the end, we're just looking for you know support. You know, yeah. if, if we can get that support that um you know they they believe in us that you know are you willing to invest in the future that's it that's all we want to know you want you like what you see invest in the future that's all and now we know what to invest in and that's the key yeah. like for example we've now we've known that we needed industrial design student 3d modeling student because again megan was amazing she's an all-star but maybe the next student we work with may not be as interested in 3d modeling or making their own mold right which is completely fine then we know we can tap into those resources and then understand okay so we need to make 40 molds okay well we need we need support for that right we have the machines we have everything we need it's it's figuring the logistics out and then and the great thing i found that our administration has been so supportive once you bring that to the table saying this is what we need and being able to articulate it very clearly on saying this is what we need and then as you started out with is what is the impact in the classroom and the fact that the students are interested they're teaching each other how to use 3d modeling software and then entrepreneur students are like i want to try this i want to i want to do this this is something that i'm interested in that's really the results that we're looking for is those students that are yeah. now seeing this again it's sparking their curiosity and then building confidence and then seeing what they can do as they move forward yeah well i'm so inspired by this because i can hear just like your roller coaster analogy the momentum <laughs> of this is really inspiring i think it's probably inspiring for all of your students to see the degree to which both of you are thinking ahead and planning for the future, because in many ways, that's the kind of thinking that is going to help sustain them as workers in the, in the industry as well. So um, I'm very encouraged to hear about all that. And 
Chef Ku, David Newman, I want to thank you very much for uh, this super enlightening discussion today. Thanks to you both. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. And if you actually want to see some of these creations, just come by to Humber College North Campus. Um, it's come to the Bake Labs. Everything is displayed outside the window. Yep. Just walk by. You'll see everything there. And, and the next you year, judge, let me yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> and next year, it'll be a huge roller coaster in the window yes. with lights and everything. Because we actually, even the Ferris wheel, we want to actually do. We actually will get there, do motors and stuff, and lights on the Ferris wheel. But eventually, we'll have it a full working Ferris wheel. So, I, actually, before we before we go, this year's Humber Pastry Cup competition, I had one student who created a chocolate windmill, and the windmill turned. Nice. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. So then of that you can see also if you come by the Bake Labs, just walk by, you'll see it there. Amazing. And that's a D-Wing, correct? Yes, D-Wing, D-Wing, yeah. DE-141, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Well, thanks to both of you again. This was super fun. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Thank you. All right, thank you. The Staff Lounge is brought to you by Innovative Learning. Our producer and editor is Fiona Tudor-Price. Promotions and graphics by Elizabeth Springate. Hamza Ibrahimi manages our website. Our executive producer is Rania Khan. Our theme song is composed and performed by me, Sharantha Bedegay. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast apps, and if you like what we're doing, tell your friends. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Staff Lounge. <laughs>